It sure is great having it all. Right? I have everything I want, except love. But there are so many eligible men in New York. Yes, but I am no New York supermodel. You see, I am just attractive enough to catch the eye of somebody in this small town. That's true. I did see Steve Borgalugi today. He is cute. He sure is. But he is broke. No, he isn't. What? He invented the internet. Well, now I am attracted to him. Right? But I called him broke to his face. How do I win him back? Probably a grand gesture that could be the climax of this movie. Okay. Everybody, welcome to the Brick Pit for a fine uh, Christmas episode. I am your host today, Josh, and with me, the lump of coal in your stocking, Adam. Hello, and ho ho ho! And if you're very nice, you may find our other host wrapped up under your tree in only a bow, <laughs> Jason. That is definitely the Christmas surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the, the really naughty list. <laughs> they wrote the song Santa Baby with him in mind. <laughs> <laughs> that song was written for Jason. That's right. <laughs> By Jason. <laughs> to and, Jason. What, you know, what a little trivia there is a lot of people don't know that he plays both parts. He is the yes. Santa and the baby. And <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of mental illness in the family. <laughs> it's, it's really about the trials and tribulations of, of single, childless people <laughs> during the holidays. It's a metaphor. <laughs> it's like cry for help. <laughs> well, we've all ruined that song for everyone now. So. <laughs> Enhanced, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we did this last year and thought we would revisit it, where we all three watched a. We call them Hallmark movies, but they have they have spread their Christmas cheer like a cancer through the <laughs> lymphatic system of streaming. <laughs> now reside in Hulu and Amazon, Apple, wherever movies can be found. They are made and placed on streaming. Uh, these are typically very quickly shot, very cheaply shot, and have a star on their way down <laughs> or already down. Yep. Yep. And we are going to poke fun at these films just because of the content, because we're cynical, hard-hearted men. And the caveat before we get into this is these films are typically done in uh, like places like Louisiana and smaller states. And this is bread and butter for a lot of people that work in the industry, you know, make their living. And, the, and they're all competently shot and directed. Sound like they're written by AI or <laughs> on the back of a napkin. The, the script by is just, AI. yeah, the script is just suggestions. Uh, <laughs> like maybe like improv may group for Christmas yeah. movies. Maybe it snows. Okay, give me a profession that a young woman would have that would take all of her time and, and devoid her from Christmas cheer. <laughs> Drew like, he's in the writing room, like with Colin Mockery and stuff, and that's how they come up with all the scripts. <laughs> Wayne Brady's singing the script the whole time. I suspect, I mean, I can't prove this, but I have a high, high degree of suspicion that 
chat GPT does in fact write now many of the movies this year that came out. Like it would stun me if that wasn't the case. Well, I mean, there was, that was one of the, one of the reasons why the writers went on strike this year. Right. Was over that concern. Doing that concern. Of course, uh, I, I still think they use the old Family Guy method of manatees. <laughs> yeah. Manatees are mad libs. <laughs> so yeah, so these these films are very formulaic. They're obviously very popular because they keep cranking them out year after year. We are not the target audience. They, they the only least. cost like twenty bucks to make. <laughs> yeah, that's the other reason the writers went on strike. <laughs> <laughs> We need to come up with a bingo card for next year because, like, yeah. it's like anytime the protagonist is theming for coffee, like, you know, like, ah, oh, we check that off and <laughs> see who gets <laughs> gets the bingo first. You assume we're doing this next year. <laughs> we're all, or that we'll all be alive, which is. <laughs> 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 we all might die in a fiery ball. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. Well, your beard did go white very quickly. It did. That's because I saw a ghost. (laughs) Was it yourself in a mirror? Is that (laughs) who is? I woke up one day and realized I was in my mid forties and had a podcast, and (laughs) all the color drained from my hair. Saw a picture of himself in high school and just started crying. My constant reaction, Jeff, on um, like Twitter and stuff is like when the, the guy drinks the wrong cup and he, yeah. and he ages super fast because like yeah. people will say like, what's a Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I heard some people talking at the, I was at the mod pizza and the workers were making the pizzas and this guy says, oh, you remember uh, Our Real Monsters on Nickelodeon? And he's like, it's from the 90s. And this girl goes, I was not alive then. <laughs> and it just made me very sad. Not as sad as somebody that was still a, a, an adult, uh, still a fan of Our Real Monsters. But <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So everybody completed their assignment for this week? We did. Uh, let's start with Adam. And we'll probably chime in when you hit those, because uh, last year was like, they were all basically the same story uh, with minor variations. So our kind of tongue-in-cheek doing of this, uh, notwithstanding, this is also the one time of year that my family will actually participate in something for the podcast. Uh, because I was them- they, My family wouldn't. Yes. They said, my, my daughter said, this movie is cringe. Oh. And- <laughs> Well, that may be coming in my near future. Yeah, I, guess, I said, well, we can make fun of it. And she goes, that's the, ah, yeah. and walked off. So, uh, so well, I have not yet crossed that unfortunate bridge because my wife and daughter picked the movie. Here's <laughs> the funny part of that is it was actually challenging because they had already, since Thanksgiving, consumed so many that it was hard to find one that they had not yet seen. <laughs> We could all watch together in uh, in a sitting. I was like, "Well, I guess we could watch one of you guys." Are. No, we're going to watch a new one. So they wow. they track down. The important thing you got to understand is this: the methodology for deciding these movies in our household is exclusively on the photo and the picture, <laughs> the picture of the the cover of what we I guess the cover. You know how handsome the guy is. I don't even know what the criteria is, but I know that we. I, but I know that it's we're just skimming through. And they're, they're looking at the photos, and then the name of the movie is secondary to that. 
Now, the name of the movie can also disqualify it if it has. I don't know. I also don't fully understand the criteria. Like if it's like Merry Christmas, the Snake Pit of Chucky's Mind. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> we're not watching that. I really, I asked my daughter if she would be willing to participate and explain how she decides what's a movie to watch and what's not for Christmas, but she mm-hmm. she declined. <laughs> so so we'll, we'll never know. Those secrets will. will it's called we'll plausible deniability, Adam. That's not my dad. <laughs> That's, my dad doesn't have a podcast. He's yeah. dead. My voice and his voice have never been on the same tape recorder at the same time. There's no proof that it even exists. You know, yeah, actually, that's probably fair. Anywho, so what actually happened? They accidentally stumbled upon what I would say is not the worst one of these I've ever seen. <laughs> that may be a theme because mine was not the worst either. Yeah. I, I actually have like two or three Positive moments things. that I could be like, hey. Yeah. They made yeah. a movie. <laughs> also, this one's a little, it doesn't quite fit the stereotypical tropes uh, in a lot of ways, but but it still hits most of the like bingo card, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess without further ado, so the movie they chose actually came out in 2021, but it was a new to me movie and it's called A Castle for Christmas. I'm Sophie Brown, author of 11 best-selling novels and then one massive flop. I became a writer so I could write in my pajamas, not get yelled at by strangers. This is a category five. I thought you became a writer because of Grandpa. Used to sit and listen to his stories about the castle in Scotland. Haven't you always wanted to go see it? Yep. Enjoy the castle? Yes, it was magical. Well, that's up for sale. Sophie Brown, the Duke of Dunbar. Here, the key to my castle. Before we get started, there are conditions. 90-day escrow till Christmas. You'll move in now. Are you moving out? No. What? (laughs) Two women buying castles. The fifth duke died in that pretty bed. Yeah. A deposit will get us through Christmas. Meanwhile, we make a life so miserable, she'll realize her mistake and leave. You could have locked the door. It's my house. For now. There's a fire growing. I have a little family history in this place. So if you're trying to discourage me, you're not going to do it. Your Highness. Technically, it's your grace. I can think of a few other names I'd call you. We can feel the spark. Oh, it wouldn't be the worst thing to let someone in again. I just didn't expect this. What are you? Let in the glow. Let it glow. Let in the glow. I haven't seen you smile like this in a really long time. You want a castle? It's yours. You have worked your whole life for your career. What are you without it? Maybe this is my next chapter. These are your roots, dear. What happens after Christmas? Is that him? This is my daughter, Lexi. Wow. I'll call you later. 
Frank Castle for Christmas. That sounds Frank awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a Hallmark off, movie. Yeah, it started <laughs> off with like a gunshot to a guy's <laughs> face, and then this, this pans out. And- <laughs> the, first, the first ten minutes are a lovely family story, and then they go they go to the first snow in Central Park, and <laughs> that's less Hallmark and more Lifetime. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. In your uh, astute observation, it stars, I, I guess, people on the down, but it's got Brooke Shields as the as the woman, and Carrie Elwes as the uh, as the as the gentleman caller. This must and, be a bit uh, older because he's having a bit of a renaissance right now. It was yeah, twenty twenty one's when it came out. I don't know when they filmed oh, it. Oh wow, probably, probably late Just, earlier that month. But right, you're right. <laughs> earlier that day, <laughs> he's obviously a. A, a very competent actor. I've noticed in watching some of these other movies in the past that not only are the individuals themselves careers up or down, right? Mm-hmm. But their performances kind of match the material. You know what I mean? Like even even people who have historically been good. Gary Ewells isn't going to be bringing his a game, his but, saw game yeah. to. But, <laughs> but he kind of did for this, honestly. Well, was, it's it's kind of like watching an old '30s movie, like that yeah. that sort of acting style, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little exaggerated. And I don't know if it's because maybe they don't have time to like do character development or get into the script more or whatever, or maybe it's or just read the script or read the script. Maybe they're just doing, maybe it's like dailies. There's guys, there's got a cue card over here or something, you know, but I, I feel like most of these films are just series of vignettes and yeah. that they're, that they're struggling to have the people do anything, which is why <laughs> okay. that's my theory on the coffee <laughs> yeah. is that it's something to do with your hands. hands. Like yeah. They don't know, like, what are we doing in the season and this scene? Uh, they're getting coffee because they love coffee. And now they can talk about the, the crazy mix up <laughs> or have their meat. It's a, it's a really good observation. Another one. And I remember this from my last year's episode that happened in the same movie as theirs. The main character uh, the female lead is always like traveling to some remote place. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, there's also some kind of environmental issue with the room they're staying in. The heat, the fireplace doesn't work. The heat's <laughs> out. The electricity's gone off. They've snow- like, there's always some kind of like aspect of it that requires some kind of like slapsticky solution, you know, like put all your clothes on or what, you know, just that kind of, and this had that exact same bit, like, um, but uh, just to run it down real quick. So, Brooke Shields is a rom-com uh, novelist. She write uh, very famous, like the most successful in America. She's a novelist. Can, can, are, is that a real thing? Yeah, I mean it ex- exists. For this most, movie, it is. I've, ne- this, I've yeah. never in my life heard of a rom-com book. Well, it is in this movie, and and she's so famous that, and she's and it's a long-running series, right? She's on her like thirtieth novel or something, and she. Goes on in the two Drew, weeks on the Drew Barrymore show. Did she in Drew Barrymore show in the movie? Is the is the cameo in the movie? Yeah, oh, the first wow. five minutes. Golly, this is like the most like. What was the budget? Like a million dollars on a budget of eighty two thousand. <laughs> so speaking of which, another yeah. thing, I, I, I think I cracked one of the codes of yeah. why they're always going to a small town. Less extras. It, yeah. Well, less extras too, because you say yeah. like, "Oh, let's go downtown," and there's four people, and it's like, "Yeah, that's believable." Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, tree, while, the tree uh, lighting is seven people. That's so funny. That's that's actually yeah. 
Anyway, she goes on Drew Barrymore because people were mad at her because she kills off the romantic lead that's been in the main the main character in all of her books, right? And so all the fans are furious at her or whatever. And so it doesn't go well in the show. Oh my god, this doesn't become misery, does it? <laughs> I, then I, I, I was going to say no. Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, misery it goes also. the other way. So she leaves the show and decides to never write again. She's done writing or whatever, wants to write something new. So she decides to go back to the town where her father was raised, which happens to be in Scotland. The town is called Dunbar, Scotland. The castle's name is Dun Dunbar. <laughs> which is, I don't know why that cracks me up. <laughs> is it in, it's in Scotland. In like, Scotland. Like Scottsboro. <laughs> 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 the baggage, the baggage claim center's just up the road. <laughs> was it? Was it actually filmed in Scotland? It was actually filmed in Scotland. I don't think you. No, I read about your this, wife. and the reason it was it was read about, or the reason they were able to do this was the. It's one of those actual castles where they're running out of money in real uh, life, and right. so they're like, "Yes, please, we will do anything." And and still, this, is no this seems this seems like. A real movie? A real movie. Like, <laughs> I thought this that too. Highly yeah. suspicious. I I, I'm that starting too. to suspect that that castle is going to start showing up in a lot of porn, too. <laughs> I was going to say, you were actually watching Highlander, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've sort of skipped to the end, but. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of us? No, the real, the real bit is this doesn't exist. This is all just, I've made it up in my head. <laughs> No, that's it, why you thought the Dun Dunbar thing was so clever. That's funny. You made that's right. <laughs> I read a review in one of the uh, in like Spin magazine, maybe whatever, like Variety or something, where they said that that two thirds of the budget was on Christmas decorations, which is <laughs> which is hilarious to me. <laughs> and you could say because they decorate this whole castle to make it all Christmassy, right? I bet you the castle is like, can we keep these? I bet they were too. Why wouldn't they be? Right? I mean, goodness gracious, that was and it was over the top. Anyway, so. Her dad was the son of the groundskeeper who had been fired for reasons I forgot that didn't seem to matter at the time. and Mole-related reasons. Mold, <laughs> mold and, and poison and murder-related reasons. <laughs> but so she gets there, and to your misery line, everyone in the town loves her, and they also support that she killed off the guy in the book. Well, they're Scottish. That tracks. As opposed to the Americans who are all angry about it. The Scots were all like, oh, this is that totally makes sense. Okay, so this is going to turn into the Wicker Man instead. Right. <laughs> before before we go further, we do have a listener in Scotland. So, so Well, perhaps they can tell us more about <laughs> why they think the way they do. That place is full of child murderers. <laughs> That's why they could. That's why no one goes there. It's, it's, it's locally like infamous. <laughs> Here comes Brooke Shields and Carrie Ellis. <laughs> Don't tell them the quiet part. <laughs> we need the money. We need the money. <laughs> so he he plays the duke who is the ancestral heir to the the castle and the whatever and the way the castle's making money in the movie is it's given these daily tours to tourists and there's a gift shop and it's in disrepair and it, you know it's the whole thing like th- just that shtick and i mean yeah so it sounds like they were just like yeah this is what's really happening at this yeah. place and miles who the carrie L was carrying miles is the he's the duke undercover right so he's the grumpy <laughs> guy who's out doing gardening stuff and then some is that other the new reality series the duke, duke undercover, undercover. <laughs> 
<laughs> Undercover Duke. Turns out I'm your Duke and I'm going to have you executed for your insolence. <laughs> oh, man. Filmed live on location in Hazard County. That's <laughs> Of course, she comes in and finds that her dad had carved his initials into the doorframe of a off-limits area of the castle to prove that he was, in fact, actually there. And so her solution to their money problems is she wants to buy the castle because apparently she's, like, super rich. Well, she has written 30 books. And Miles is like, okay, here's what we'll do. We'll write a contract that you have to live here for 90 days, and if you leave you lose all of this very substantial deposit that I'm going to make you put down. That's the love story. That's how she has to stay <laughs> from summer to Christmas, right? So <laughs> it's so, like a Stockholm situation like uh, Beauty and the Beast. But but he wants her to leave. So he's constantly doing stuff to try to get her to give up the deposit and get out because he wants the and money. that's when the child murder starts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tourists and tourists start disappearing on the line. <laughs> <laughs> now, but, but, what, I, what I hate about when we do this episode is like we come up with thousands of better, better movies. <laughs> Eli Roth hostile type movie. Honestly, in the second (laughs) act, when the mystery machine shows up, I was thrilled. Like (laughs) (laughs) it was the Duke all along. (laughs) It's really the dead in disguise. (laughs) So as is the case with most of these, though, there are no stakes. Like there's no like real controversy. There's not even really any conflict between them, except two very short moments where she basically reveals that obviously you're trying to kick me out of this and there's nothing you could do to make me leave. And then he kind of loses his temper and they fight a little bit. Okay. But even that was like low stakes. They're, they're had, always, worse, yeah, yeah. Like I've always, I've had worse arguments over dinner, you know, like the, the misunderstanding is <laughs> usually so tepid. And then on and, top of that, you got a very British one then. Yes. Yes. Harry Owens, it's just- and he's leaning into this fake Scottish brogue, which is also quite funny. And <laughs> it's, Yeah. And then a lot of the other characters are, in fact, Scottish, which which juxtaposed with the fake accents that are somewhat sporadic throughout it really stand out. But And then Brooke Shields started a fake Scottish accent yes. for no reason, <laughs> just, just in the third act. <laughs> You're not too far from the truth there, actually. Oh, I mean, she embraces her Scottish heritage and decides to stay. And So at this point, I'd like to, to point out that Another thing I th- I think I realized in these films and why they seem so kind of like empty mm-hmm. is that they are surface level Christmas movie. Like they they do not touch the religious yeah. portion yeah. of the holiday. It's like it's well, all com- like the commercialism aspect only. There are, as I learned in trying to find movies and trying to figure out where where to find these kinds of movies because like you said they're on everywhere now. But I was like trying to Google, like, where's the best? So Hallmark does, of course, have their own streaming thing, and you can. I think it's, I think it's through Peacock or something. You can get it it's or called whatever. The H Mark, I think. But they also have a Christian version that's super, super into the like. I think Candon Cameras Brew yeah, is like yeah. is all about that. She said, and she's had some falling out with people over that, and the, yeah, and then there's like Angel Studios. I think, yeah, yeah. pumps out some stuff. So and that exists as well, but yeah, the stakes were so low. So your bingo card things were the absolutely the coffee thing. Her deciding to give up life in the big city to never go back home, and then her publisher is the one who's like, "You got to come back. What's happening out there?" Let, you let know? me ask you something: Did they actually name um, a major city, or did they just say the city? 
That's a good question. Because I noticed that they said in my film, they kept saying the, the city. city. Like it was like the tick or something. Like there was no. <laughs> a shared universe, man. Yeah. It wasn't. Um, I it's like, I, I don't know if they, if they thought like they'd have to pay New York if they said New York. <laughs> royalties or something. They, like they, even, they didn't want to offend anybody. So if you think it's Atlanta or Austin. It's like if they put a, a, a pear sticker on the back of a MacBook so they don't have to. <laughs> It's the big pair. You can't you can't leave the big pair. You've got to come back to the city. <laughs> yeah, that's a good In my question. film, they kept they kept literally going the, the city. city. <laughs> that that tracks. Although was she working for the city? It intermingled with them. She was living for it. Living for the city. They intermingled the phrase, uh, you know, you've got to come back to the states. And you never it was the states and the city. You're right. They never actually said New York or LA or whatever. That's funny. Mine had a dog. Did yours have a dog? That's like a a third character to the love romance. That no, there was a, there was an intern. <laughs> that played. Yeah, that's the he, same. Really, he, he is essentially <laughs> the mutt. <laughs> that brings he was the forlorn puppy. Yeah. <laughs> Mine last year also had a dog, which is why I was asking that. So, so did uh, the one I did last year had a yeah. dog. Sometimes. Mine Sometimes. started with a dog murder, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he watched the movie. <laughs> Here, boy, you want some chocolate? <laughs> I, didn't want it, I didn't want anybody bothering me while I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, uh, longtime listeners would notice that you haven't heard the dogs in the background lately. <laughs> and now you know why. Uh, a couple points I'd like to, in all earnestness, it, it wasn't. I, look, it's a completely forgettable plot. I had to go read it again to remember what happened in the movie. Of course, it wasn't the worst I've seen. The acting isn't, you know, Carrie really like carried the movie. <laughs> not to make, that wasn't intentional, but he really did. Uh, Brooke Shields is not the best. Did actor. she shield the plot? She was there. But here's the thing I'd like to point out that I was actually pleasantly surprised. I haven't seen Brooke Shields in anything in a long time. I mean, she may be in stuff and I'm just too stupid to have noticed or whatever, but freak. She, she kindly, she, I was like, cause I don't look, I obviously I don't look up any of these. I'm not reading reviews or anything before we watch these movies, but I'm sitting there on the couch. I'm like, who is that? Like that looks, that, she looks so familiar, but I can't put my finger on who that is. And then I, I Googled it while we're sitting. There. I was like, Holy crap. The thing is, is she's not had any work done. She's in her fifties and she looks great. I mean, not to like objectify women, but I'm just, it was just, she's playing a part where she's the romantic lead and a movie that doesn't suck. She just looks normal. Like she doesn't, she doesn't look all weirded out and stuff. And I thought that was a really, I don't know. I thought that was nice. Like, I think she mostly avoided that whole cocaine thing that co- most child stars <laughs> go through. Maybe very, very possible. So anyway, Christmas, uh, what is it? A castle? I had to look up that. <laughs> a castle for Christmas was the movie I saw. <laughs> That was very interesting. That sounds like a fun movie. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> well, I'm going to now talk about the film that I watched. So apparently, uh, Bruce Campbell, I did Bruce Campbell film last year, but he had made a film the year before, 2021. He made a film called, I've even forgotten the name of it. It's uh, One December Night. <laughs> After multiple gold records, Steve Bedford and Mike Sullivan are calling it quits. You're Mike's daughter. You can talk some sense into him. Hey, Dad. No, this is not a social call, is it? 
Let me guess, no word from Mike. Those songs brought me nothing but trouble. Just tell him how much he means to you. Before you guys were famous, you were family. Nothing's more important than that. The biggest music duo of all time. I think we can get them to relax their hands. What, the clenched fist don't scream Christmas? Got it. Gets the biggest do-over of a lifetime. Eloise Mumford. It's big, all right. Brett Dalton. What do you think? With Bruce Campbell and Peter Gallagher. The network says no show if you guys don't do one December night. The show must... Don't say it. Oh, yeah. One December night. It had so many plots in it, and none of them meant anything. <laughs> it was like, uh, so it stars uh, Peter Gallagher, who is a uh, who's pretty well known character actor. He's one of those guys that you know. You're like, oh yeah, I know that guy, Bruce Campbell. And they played this super famous rock band. <laughs> Wait, is plot. that a real job? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the plot is very similar to A Mighty Wind Without the Charm and Good Music. <laughs> they were Sullivan and Bedford. They were this huge folk duo a decade ago. And I guess they made it like that because like, my first thing in my script rewrite was like, this needs to be 30 years that they have not played together and had a falling out. Not 10 years. Because 2008, you guys <laughs> had your last concert. So they're this big rock duo. Oh, hold on. Are they a folk duo or a rock duo? They they don't even know. <laughs> they are a musical duo. Yes. And they split up at some point. Their kids are now their managers. So that's where the meat cute's going to come up. Somehow or another, Bruce Campbell's son screwed Peter Gallagher out of his royalties. So that's like a plot point that doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so the so the the A plot is they're having this big network reunion special, Christmas special, and their big hit was One December Night. So but they haven't spoke to each other there and, and nobody knows if if uh Peter Gallagher's character is even gonna show up because he's become a recluse, you know, and Bruce Campbell's been doing all their songs solo for the past ten years, and so there's a lot of resentment. Peter Gallagher's daughter is like a music agent and she works with a very cartoonish like Meryl Streep type uh, Devil Wears Prada person that doesn't go anywhere. It's just this woman basically doing a Meryl Streep impersonation and she's in two scenes. Uh, and that, that introduces us to the B plot. Call, she gets coffee in the very first scene. Gets two cups of coffee and she brings it out to the street performer, probably the most talented singer out of all the people. And there's this woman that's, that's really playing guitar and singing. And so she's like, Oh, you brought me coffee. You're an angel. This woman's her agent for a woman singing on the streets. So she's like, I'm so glad you convinced me to move from Alaska. <laughs> So Is this, this jewel? One, yes, because <laughs> she even she even talks about growing up on a bus. It's, oh but, man! But the point is, like, so like this woman. It, they're in the the city, and she's a <laughs> she's some kind of like music <laughs> agent. She can, she convinces <laughs> this woman to move from Alaska to New York City, the city, to perform on the streets, like. <laughs> I was just like, how is she affording rent? How is she living? You don't make a whole lot of money busking. But anyway, so that's B-plot is trying to get her more recognition. 
C plot is they got to go out to the small country to where the uh, Peter Gallagher is being a recluse and get him because that's where the concert's going to be is at the Big Red House, which is a takeoff of uh, the band's Big Pink, which is a big pink house that they recorded some albums in and stuff. Adam apparently thought it was something else. Yes. <laughs> so that's how they get to the small town. The woman decides to decorate her bed and breakfast hotel room in Christmas decorations because she's not at home. It was it was bizarre. There's lots of getting coffee. The D plot is the only reason Peter Gallagher's doing this reunion is that he's out of money because he got screwed out of the royalties and he's going to lose the big red house. And, oh my God, that's where we grew up. We can't do this. And Bruce Campbell is doing it because he needs to focus on a project because he's getting Alzheimer's and he's starting to forget stuff. And it's like, none of this matters. Like, none of it matters at all. Eventually, everything comes together. They have their concert and they play the most... It's like 1993 Christian contemporary worship music. <laughs> and that's the big culminating. There's a big thing about, well, we can't play one December night because I wrote that for your mother and, uh, and she's dead now. It's like, <sighs> but the network won't put it on unless you sing the song. The good in it. There was actually like, it was frustrating because I was like, man, there's like, there's a good script in here. If they strip away, the person from Alaska, if they take away the romance and like uh-huh. focused on because like Peter Gallagher and Bruce Campbell play it well, you know, they yeah. they they do the best they can with the material. Was and, it really and them singing? It was Peter Gallagher did sing, not Bruce Campbell. Uh they they sang in like with like these kids singing Christmas carols, and I was like, Oh god, I hope they do something with Bruce Campbell's voice. Cause I love the man, but he cannot sing. Yeah, he can't sing, yeah. And he can't fake play guitar. No, <laughs> Terrible fake guitar player. This is where the Alzheimer's comes in. This is yeah. <laughs> Peter Gallagher, I think, did some Broadway. He sang, and he's you know he's he's fine. He does a good job. He's a triple threat. <laughs> yeah. So so like there there's like three moments that I was like, man, you actually could have had a pretty good story buried in here, and and one of them is like just Bruce Campbell brings the thunder when it comes to revealing that he has Alzheimer's. Just in his like line delivery, like his son's like, "Look, I got you this residency in Vegas and set." He's like, "I I don't have time." He's like, "What do you mean you don't have time?" And like his exasperated, "I don't have time." It's like it like it is kind of telegraphed that you know he's like having mm-hmm. memory issues. But I was like, "Damn, I wasn't expecting." It was really heartfelt. And then there's a moment with Peter Gallagher is with his daughter and they're baking cookies the way their mom used to. And she's talking about how they were always so dry and she hated them. And Peter Gallagher's like, well, that's the way my mom made them. And she got the recipe from my mom and she didn't want to disappoint me. And she knew that they were dry. But he talked about like we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode about Hmm. that culturally passing down the the story of, and and it was like this really sincere moment. I was like, man, that's, that's good stuff. And then they, they were, so he had a secret knock so she could tell the difference between a fan just showing up at the house and and somebody that was family. And she shows it to the love interest. And when they have a little spat, they're like in the same hotel, you know, he goes across the room and he does the secret knock 
to get her to answer the door. And I was like, ah, that's a pretty nice little callback. But then they kept mm. drawing attention to it. And I'm like, hey, you uh, ruined it. You're, they, they, they did the secret just, knock and then break the fourth wall and look right at the camera. You have to do the secret <laughs> knock that we just showed you a couple of scenes ago. <laughs> like some kind of callback. It was like, <laughs> that secret knock my dad uses to make sure that it's not a fan. It's like, but yeah, yeah. Well, we, we all remember the scene. Right. And it was like, man, you just... <sighs> I was like, "Wow, what a what a nice little co- oh my god, they're ruining it." They won't, and they're still talking about it. <laughs> These movies are so forgettable. You have to remind the people watching it what happened before. I kept going like, "What? Who is?" And then there was this weird thing where like, like so the kids grew up together because their parents were in you know in in yeah. in the band, and so like they would call the other one uncle, and and my daughter walked in and she was like, "Wait, are they?" Are they cousins? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, if you're not, I was like, if you're not really paying much attention, they, it sounds like they are. He's kind of gross on location. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, I was like, wait, are they cousins? I was like, no, okay, so they were. It's <laughs> like, and whose kid is he? it? Was is the red house in Georgia? <laughs> so there was funny. some place with snow. So so it's like Jason said, it's kind of hard to follow sometimes, or it, you're like. There's so little, there's so little happening in these movies that it's like, and I try, like, I won't, when we're doing stuff for the pocket, like I put my phone down, I won't, but even without that, my mind wanders. Like I just mm-hmm. can't. And oh, these I, are movies begging you to pick up your phone. And uh, I don't know if you, like, if you're a, a CPA or a medical doctor or a lawyer or whatever, you have to do these continuing education courses every so often. One of the things that amuses me is that they have the, to make sure you're actually paying attention. They'll have, like a, a code that they'll just intersperse two or three times during the thing. And you have to write down the code numbers. And then at the end, you have to put down what the codes were to get credit for the course. I think that's MK ultra dude. I don't- <laughs> <laughs> but six but, and one no, half dozen the other, but people, that's the code. <laughs> but people have to pay attention even to the point where they were missing the code so much that they would get annoyed and stop taking courses from the harder companies. So over time, that has transformed into where they'll give like a chime before they give you the code. <laughs> so they go bing. And then it'll say like the code is W, you know, WKRP or whatever. And so it like, I feel like these movies need that chime to like pull you back in. It's, it is time to pay attention. A plot point is happening. You know? <laughs> well, I think that's what the commercials are for. Cause like, oh, you know, to reset your palate, right. <laughs> I still had the commercial fade in and fade out. And I, Oh, that's good. There's several times I was like, is it, is it over? they didn't even even do the concert that's if they they just did this movie right now i'll give it a five-star rating but nope nope, they're back for commercial (laughs) what what a bittersweet tale of people of friends drifting apart (laughs) i can't remember the last time i saw a 38 long minute movie You're kind of wishing that they actually showed you that Lexus December to Remember event. <laughs> if this film was like taken by like the Coen Brothers and done like like inside Llewellyn <laughs> yeah. Davis, no, I mean seriously, yeah, yeah. there could have been like a really fantastic film, but they didn't do that. They- <laughs> <laughs> and what's, what's sad is whoever wrote the screenplay. You never know, right? Maybe the maybe the 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 person. It's, who wrote it's the their life's work. They're like, this they is the dream. story I wanted yeah. to tell. 
and they were and they've been trying to pitch it to the Cohen brothers for a decade and finally and, and they started with like Spielberg, right? And now they've made it all the way down the list until the until Hallmark's like, Yeah, we'll give you ten grand for it. <laughs> and they're like, Fine. <laughs> I also think it's like, so is this I don't think any of these films are written by people that have actually lived and worked in the city. Yeah. I think they're very much written by people from the small towns because they, the city is just such a lifeless, like, Horrifying. not real place. Yeah. Don't go there. That's where you'll get murdered. It is funny that one of the recurring things about the way the characters play the rural people is they always have lines like, I could never survive in the city. <laughs> I had the opposite thought that Josh just like I, I think they're written pe- by people who've never been to rural to areas. Rural sounds, yeah, because you know everything they that everything they do. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just like okay, yeah. So people like the movie I watched last year. Yeah, we sit out in you know fifteen degree weather to watch movies in the park with no heaters outside. <laughs> like, that's exactly something people in Vermont do every Christmas. Speaking of which, Jason, what did you watch this year? Well, I watched the David Harbour starring Violent Night. You ain't driving, are you? I steer a little, but the ranger do my sword. <laughs> this is my fourth year as a Santa. How about you? I started the whole damn thing. Oh, oh. Did you really? <laughs> Yeah, I did watch that movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> for, for let me clarify for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't want to watch a Hallmark movie. At this point, I would accept that. Let's talk about rule. Yeah, night. For God's sake. Let's talk about Black Christmas. Let's talk about- <laughs> Let's get back in our back in our pond. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. So <laughs> we'll let the audience decide which one. <laughs> one is well made. <laughs> it was my movie. Is, is the movie. <laughs> I also watched Violet Night, and so if you haven't watched it, you need to. It's funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> Beautiful movie. Full of Christmas cheer. But the movie that I watched for this podcast is uh, one from 2017, because I didn't even look at dates. I just did, like, you know, streaming roulette on Mm -hmm. it. Christmas Wedding Planner. I'm in the business of love. Hello, everyone. I would like to present to you the bride-to-be, Miss Emily Wilson. Well, you handled that very well. Thank you. Can you handle that? That was hard looking at Todd. You expect me to believe that some mysterious person hired you to ruin this wedding. You know, if you want to make sure the wedding goes off without a hitch, you can always help me out. Hey, Connor. I didn't know you were having a date. Oh, it's no, not it's a not a date. We're PIs. Too much? Nah, what made you change your mind? Well, if Todd isn't who he says he is, then I want to help protect Emily. I think she's incredible. I can't stop thinking about her. I feel like I'm a kid at Christmas time. You're so adorable. We all need to indulge our sweet tooth every now and again. 
there are times in our lives where we simply must take control. Not given to silly ideas or romantic notions that love conquers all. Do you take Emily Wilson? I love you. Ooh. That one came up. That, no, I, we were scrolling through and that one came up and I was like, oh, this looks terrible. And I kid you not. my wife, it is. My, my daughter goes, I've already seen it. And even I can't suit through that again. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, so Jason I'm, I'm, went to the heart of darkness. Like that's that, <laughs> by name alone. It's like, gone. no, it's pedigree gets even better because in the opening credits, it says based upon the Harley Quinn novel. Oh, So, yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is just eugenics of bad Christmas movies. <laughs> It's the Quizot Hotarach of Christmas <laughs> movies through a selective breeding program Ugh. for the ultimate bad Christmas movie. Dune well, 2 in theaters next I year. the bullet because that, that was on our short list, so that's good. <laughs> like, the, the most famous actor in this movie is Joey Fatone. <sighs> wow. I'm talking about, like, the most famous as an actor. <laughs> An important distinction. <laughs> yes. And he plays Joey Fatone. <laughs> Woodenly. <laughs> Joey, we're gonna to have to do that again. You're not uh you're not you're being convinced. You're, you're not, not Fatone good, enough. You're not Fatone enough. We need more. No, no, what they say is Joey, we want to do that again, but we don't have the budget. Yeah. So we're moving on to the next scene. And the reason we know that's what they said, because they didn't cut it. <laughs> In the movie. You can hear the director in the background just keep rolling. There's zero editing. It's shot in sequence. <laughs> you see light stands in the background. I'm going to make a in-sync cover band that plays them like punk songs and call it the Defatones. The Defatones. <laughs> Josh is reading something. He's had that joke like saved for a while now. He's like, hold up, man. That's that's, that's <laughs> A notepad with that on yeah, it. He's oh, like, I, 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 I gotta get the punchline right. Hold on. <laughs> I wrote that joke backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody would steal it. Start. I started with the with the punchline and worked my way to the joke to the setup. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> There's something there with Timberlake's name that we'd have to work out. With you know, be the the Defatones star. You know, featuring and then something with his name. <laughs> No, I mean, the Defatones is pretty funny. I would I would go watch a watch a punk man called the Defatones. I did go see. Well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a middle aged man with the podcast. People don't need to know how nerdy I am. But me talking about this other stuff. I'll save that for the end of the year wrap up. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, so anyway, in case you couldn't tell, it's about a wedding planner planning a wedding at Christmas. Does she fall in love with the groom or whatever? I was waiting for that, but no, no, they actually don't do that. Wow. Surprisingly enough, yeah. But she is like doing the the wedding for her cousin. Though the movie depicts her that she's not like mean or evil or anything like that, but her wedding is on Christmas Eve, so she obviously is evil. (laughs) I, I mean, yeah, fair point. Who, who, who's kidding? Hey, you know, I'm a wedding on Easter. <laughs> you had your wedding on Easter. 
No, but I, I did have it on a major U.S. holiday. <laughs> yeah, you know, New, on New Year's Eve, didn't you? New Year's Day, yeah. That's not, that's that's not a real not holiday. Thing. No, you weren't competing with the baby Jesus <laughs> for attention. Because it wouldn't be any competition. I would win hands down. So. <laughs> Does your wife every year say, I've gotten my New Year's Eve gift, but what about my anniversary <laughs> gift? <laughs> See, the joke is about kids that have birthdays on Christmas. <laughs> no, tell me more how jokes work, Josh. I don't understand the concept. Well, uh, we, that is we know clear. Oh. That is clear. <laughs> There's evidence of that. We have taped evidence. <laughs> We've got you on the remedial track. We're like, okay. <laughs> this well, is slapstick. You're gonna send. You're gonna send me to. Uh, I need to go to a comedy CME and write down the codes. <laughs> Pay attention. This is what a joke is. You have to wear pads while you do comedy right now to you, you learn to you learn not to hurt yourself. <laughs> uh, We're holding up the little uh, balsa wood setups for you to punch through the balsa woods. <laughs> I need to get my money back from Polly Shore's 2018 comedy course I took. It was. <laughs> That man was at the peak of comedy, and he just did me wrong. Like <laughs> he gave me a certificate and everything. Uh, no. <laughs> so back to Violent Night. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, this this movie it starts off actually in a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so they, I mean, they just right Cutting straight to, the to it. So the the main character, I think Kelsey, Carrie. So I don't know something with a cuss sound. At the Kelsey, that, yeah. Yeah. I've got this on Blu-ray 4K. <laughs> <laughs> Criterion collection version. <laughs> but she starts off like she's texting back and forth with her aunt because she's like late and all that kind of stuff. So she stops in the coffee shop to get her aunt's favorite blueberry scone. And she like runs into the guy who will, of course, be the love interest protagonist and apologizes, you know, you know, meet cute beginning. Let's him go first. He orders a whole bunch of coffees and the blueberry scone. It turns out he got the last one. So she goes and tries to buy it from him and he won't let her. And then they're, they're enemies from the beginning. <laughs> so she, she shows up at the, the engagement party that she also planned late and finds him there. And turns out he's actually the cousin's ex-boyfriend. Oh, that apparently like broke her heart years later and or years earlier and, and just disappeared. And he shows back up and he's pretending to be friends. And the aunt's like, you know, that's the person you need to look out for, for destroying this wedding because this is Kelsey's big opportunity. It's her first wedding she's going to do. And her aunt's helping getting a lot of attention. And even, I guess, Christmas Wedding Planner Magazine is there. You know, they always do that. We're going to cover this and make sure it's out by Christmas. Yes. On Christmas Eve. <laughs> Inspired by the filmmaking process. Was this uh, ori- the original name of this film, Game of Scones? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a pun, Adam. <laughs> Close that notepad, Josh. I've, I've notepad. often been told that's the highest form of comedy. Is <laughs> According to True Blood, yes. <laughs> that's where I get all of my comedy from. So, actually, no, this is like... I think maybe they mention it one more time, but that's it. Like that's it, it's it's pretty much one and done on that. But she goes and, and talks to to the ex boyfriend, 
I, I don't know what his name is anymore either. Is Connor yeah, or Todd? Okay. I'm looking at the IMDb <laughs> yeah. on my second screen. So, so Todd <laughs> Todd is the the fiance. Okay, played so by played ex. by Eric Hicks, I believe. <laughs> sure, whatever. Don't act like I'm an expert in this film. <laughs> So she finds out that he's actually there. He might actually be there to ruin the wedding. And she goes, talks to him and he's a PI and he's been hired to investigate Todd to dig up dirt and possibly end that wedding. And he tries to recruit her to help. So when they go to like the, the dress fitting the next day, she notices Todd shows up and she knows Todd's like talking to the adorable woman who runs the, the dress shop, which is like in somebody's house for some reason. Like it's not an actual store. It's it's a house. It's, they don't even disguise it as a store. It's just a friggin' house. Cheaper but, to film there. I guess so. Yeah. She knows him talking to her and like write something down. And apparently it's like, you know, for like a dinner date or something. So now she's going to help Connor try and dig up all this dirt on Todd. Then, of course, the cute, oh, well, you know, oh, we're dating. That's like the excuse he uses for them to be together at all these events and everything that he shows up as. Where she's like, well, why don't you say you're here to help cater because she winds up using this restaurant that he co-owns with Joey Fatone. Because that's, <laughs> was, that's Joey I Fatone's wait, role. I was waiting for the fatentrance. <laughs> 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 I came for the tone, <laughs> and I want it delivered. Leave the fatone. <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the fatone. <laughs> Just really mind-numbingly <laughs> mediocre plot points again and again. And so they finally they wind up because they can't dig up any dirt on top. Like he's this. Apparently, this is just great guy, philanthropist, and all that kind of stuff. And so they they crash the dinner date, and she like you know just gets up in Todd's face and like accusing him and all that kind of stuff. It's like, no, I bought Emily's dress. That's why we're and I'm just thanking her. This is her husband's restaurant. So now she's angry at Connor for like turning her against and possibly ruining her career. And then her aunt tells her about how she like shows a check that the dead uncle had written years ago, uh, apparently as a bribe just to get rid of Connor. And that's why he disappeared from Emily. And then apparently a few weeks or a few months back, he wrote another one. So Connor came back to blackmail him. Jeez. Type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this Connor character, <laughs> that the, <laughs> so it's Christmas Eve and the wedding's going off. And then this girl shows up that Connor had been talking to at the one of the engagement parties or something. It was a Christmas lighting party at Todd's parents' house. That's what it was. <laughs> I can't even remember what was going on. It's just it's this is like drunk girl dorm room storytelling. Is like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, so who these are these movies. guys again? How did you know them? I went to high school yeah. with him. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> that girl shows up and talks to him and it, it looks like she's there because he was kind of like offering her a job because he runs a restaurant yeah. and she was serving food and all that kind of stuff. Well, then you're back at the wedding and Connor comes in, he bursts in and he's got that girl with it. Turns out she used to work for the family and she's pregnant. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> with Todd's kid. So oh. that, so that's that totally destroys the wedding and everything. And then he reveals to... Kelsey that 
what had happened was is that he got money from the uncle. He thought it was a loan to help out Joey Fatone's family restaurant because they were going bankrupt. Uh-huh. Please tell and me it was so called Joey Fatone's family restaurant. <laughs> family bankruptcy restaurant. So, <laughs> so when he came back, that's when the father blackmailed him and said, if you come back, that I'm going to tell her this, this is what happened. And that the second check was actually the father hiring him as a PI to dig up the dirt on Todd because it takes it takes one scumbag <laughs> to dig up dirt on another scumbag. Yeah. And since the wedding's already there, you might as well use uh, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> was exactly. This, was this a Gilmore Girls Christmas? <laughs> but he proposes to her, and so then they have a wedding on the with, spot uh, uh, with people who met a week ago. Yeah. And it tracks. <laughs> yeah. As you do. It's totally just... acceptable. And like this, nothing's going to go wrong with this marriage whatsoever. Like just 20 minutes ago, she thought she he was blackmailing her a uh, jerk of an uncle. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd be like, cuz you can surely get married, but I was going to get the money back because the wedding was canceled. But I mean, sure. You just, I, I spent $75,000 on this, but you go ahead. Like, <laughs> And because we like to also bring in the media on these things, uh, one of the reviews from Common Sense Media (laughs) said, a bland, paint-by-numbers, cookie-cutter, not an original moment throughout, made-for-TV piece of fluff that will neither satisfy nor delight anyone who's ever seen a movie before. Dude, that is <laughs> that is that is Roger awesome. Ebert lever slaying right there. What's funny is like I go to Common Sense because it usually says like it spells out like every these bad are the thing exact the these are the exact curse words and yeah. about when they occur. And so you're like, hey, you know, my kid heard me say that this morning. It's fine. We can watch this movie. <laughs> Kudos to them. <laughs> <laughs> This is, you know, isn't that the one that says target audience and it's like, it gives an age of like, you know, nine plus, 12 plus. Whatever. Well, yeah, it, it, it's, it, 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 yeah. since we're talking about them, they, they're actually, they have like parents recommend age right. and then they have and like the from the kids recommend, recommend like yeah. kids are always, always like lower. Kid yeah. rocket <laughs> higher. Like, no, yeah. no, no. Or yeah, it's always lower. It's like, oh, yeah. nine year old can watch Predator. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> There's some disturbing scenes of uh, people being flayed that may younger children may find distraught, distressing. Man, coming from the high ropes on this movie, though, that's <laughs> that's impressive. It is. It is so just my and I just watched this like a day or two ago, and I'm already forgetting this film. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had to look up, make sure I had the title right. Yeah, I, to be fair, I knew I just watched mine uh, two days ago too because I knew last year I watched it too soon, and <laughs> I, have, I really did have a hard time remembering the whole story. I can't even remember the name of the movie I watched last year. I remember it, I Bruce Campbell was in it, and it. <laughs> he I'm was gonna lie. I almost rewatched the movie I watched last year. <laughs> I was just like, hey, this seems a little bit... No, they're just all the same. No, no, this is the same movie. This is the same movie. You know, honestly, and it would be interesting if we all accidentally did that to the other person's movie. Like, it very well could have been... Because I I don't know which Bruce Campbell Christmas movie you're talking about, but I did see one, and I was like, oh, he's got Bruce Campbell. And I had completely forgotten that he was in your movie last year, Josh. (laughs) 
it would have been awesome if I'd watched that. So one. is Bruce Campbell. <laughs> yes, my Southern Family Christmas. That's it. The one because it took place in Mississippi or something, right? Is that Louisiana? Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah, because yeah. he was he was. I, I don't remember the movie. I remember making a, a joke about alligators <laughs> as the reindeer. That's the, like that's all I remember that's about the, that. Yeah. And I was like, making well, fun yes, of sir, it. There was. <laughs> He was like Paul ran Christmas or something. <laughs> <laughs> the trailer's playing right now, and it's like giving me flashbacks how bad that film was. <laughs> Just Josh wakes up middle of the night and sweats. Oh god, it was my, it was my personal Vietnam. <laughs> oh, oh she, she she's got to get that article done for Christmas, and Christmas is in the next week. Oh god. <laughs> No one understands how printing works. She's dying for a macchiato. (laughs) You know, we ought to be nicer to these people because Bruce Campbell is probably getting dozens of dollars a year in royalties off of these. (laughs) All the dozens he's done, yes, he's getting. (laughs) Bruce Bruce knows what he's doing. Bruce is making a living. I mean, you know, and and I'm not blaming it. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've ever blamed anybody for being taking in these the job. Movies. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, and honestly, and I don't blame works, anybody. For works work. Them. Works work. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I remember him talking about when uh, Burn Notice got picked up. Yeah. And he's always like, "No, it's I, I just did a pilot." And he, you know, he was like doing a, a speech or talking in front of people, and he looks at like somebody in front of you. You know what a pilot is? It's you film the first episode of a TV show and never gets picked up, and you just take the money and go home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, it got picked up, so now I have to be sober like three days a week." Oh lord! <laughs> <laughs> so wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't that the one in Miami? Oh God, yeah. I got to go to Miami now. <laughs> I'm getting shape. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this about Burnos. They use the scene in like the opening credits. There is a scene with like the main character, Michael Weston and, and Bruce Campbell's Sam Axe character are walking away from a boat that's about to blow up. Uh-huh. And only Bruce Campbell looks like he's a guy getting away from a boat that's about to blow up. <laughs> Bird Notice was a fun show. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was I a great show. show. It. Yeah, I came for the Bruce Campbell, but yeah, I stayed for the uh, for the MacGyver esque. Um, yeah, it like, was very voiceovers. Yeah, it was very eighties with a kind of an overarching storyline, and the loosely. jokes weren't bad on that. Like it, the the dry yeah. wit was actually it hit. You know, like no, it was a, it was it was a good. That was good yeah. mindless television. That was back when um, USA. I, I don't even know. Does USA still exist as a network? Yes, I, I haven't had TV in what twenty years. I don't know, but they. That was. Back I still when watch were, the Cartoon Express every day after school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, after school, the snorks. <laughs> the snorks come on. <laughs> that was a, some random uh, Hanna Barbera. Show yep. that only lasts a season in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> the Laugh Olympics. Yeah, this one thing about the Christmas wedding planner, like Josh said, like there's there'd be like tiny nuggets of something. It's like, oh, that's that's yeah. actually good because like the the main character, she's constantly texting somebody throughout the movie, and she always ends up love love you muchly. He asked her about it, and it, it turns out it's her mother had passed away from like some terminal disease that is never mentioned. And so she still pays for her mother's cell phone to, to be turned on. And so she'll text it because it just gives her comfort to do that. And it's like, oh, that's a that's a nice little character piece. But 
Right, but we're not going to do anything for that. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to mention it. That's it. (laughs) It's just it. It it's part of this one thread that we just mentioned once later, and then you know that's kind of it. It just everything is is such a loose patchwork of thoughts and ideas that are aren't even sewn together. They're just like Elmer's glue. On there, just like the ends. <laughs> They're like video storyboards. Like, yeah. You know what we should do next year? Instead of instead of watching... Anything. Instead of us three watching three crappy Hallmark movies, between, Make our now, own? between now and then, we should write a teleplay, and then we should read it as the show for this year, next year. Yeah, get, get right on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it exactly like they do. do. We'll start no. writing in November. Yeah, like November 1st. We've got like we've got like 20 days to already, write. We're already a week ahead of them right. if we do it November 1st. <laughs> it's because we're planning this far out, actually. <laughs> we're, whatever is the result is the result. Like, this is... <laughs> can, we, can we get like your wife and child to voice some people the parts or do yeah. some of the reading <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and we can make, I'll make a legitimate attempt. We could do a, a table read life. of our version of a Hallmark movie. A and, Michael you know, Scar and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and we'll, we'll have to read it like a table read with the stage direction and the whole shebang, but it would actually be a lot of fun to do that. And, so anybody listening to this, why is there all this baby murder in this <laughs> middle of this? <laughs> Joey Fatone makes an entrance for no reason at all. He just <laughs> enters stage left, looks at the camera, and then exits. <laughs> Common sense media says it was a movie and in the middle again. <laughs> I think we ought to do this. If anybody has ideas of what characters or plots should be in it, you should you should post it on our Facebook. Maybe we'll just a- ask Chat GPT to write it. Ooh, and then, and then we it. just read the template. That's even we'll better. Get, we'll get whatever X is uh, Grok. We'll get Chat GP to write the first draft, and we'll put that draft into another AI another one and get it to, yeah. to revise it. Do Google's Gemini or whatever it's called until we end up with you know the, the three laws movie? of robotic. Christmas. This could, uh, you know, ironically, this could be our ticket out, boys. Like, <laughs> we're joking, but <laughs> a script like this would be worth tens of dollars. <laughs> it's more than we've ever made up to this point. <laughs> I, was, I was watching a thing where Snoop Dogg got an award from Spotify this year, where he had a billion plays. His songs have been played a billion times. And they gave him a $10 check no, for it? His whole – no. I mean, it's it's not like a small number, but it's not a big number. For a billion plays, he got $45,000. Jeez. I believe it. And I was yeah. like, holy cow. <laughs> Mom, we ain't going to make a living off of this podcast. But they <laughs> We, our numbers this are approaching. Our numbers you, are approaching I, a billion, but we're not going to get there this year. I don't think. Spotify, <laughs> Spotify for podcasters. <laughs> our numbers are approaching a billion, <laughs> in much the same way that we're approaching a billion dollars in our accounts. Right? Yeah, now. we're <laughs> it's like. We're like closer to negative a billion dollars than <laughs> positive a billion dollars. <laughs> We're in debt because we had to buy the microphone. So actually, you're not wrong. <laughs> I don't even think we've made back to our initial we expense. <laughs> I count the coffee I'm drinking right now as an expense, as a business expense. <laughs> 
<laughs> write it off on my taxes. Like, so you, you have thirty five dollars towards a podcast? Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> buy a six pack every time I record. I can't can't write that off. <laughs> That's your financial advisor. I'm gonna have to advise you to stop making that podcast. <laughs> Man, I wish it was only $35. No. According to the Geneva Convention, your podcast is actually a war crime. <laughs> the litigation costs alone are going to cost. If you, that explains our huge numbers in North Korea. If you travel outside the U.S., I cannot guarantee that you're, you're re-entering, sir. <laughs> I cannot guarantee your safety anywhere else. There are tribunals uh, meeting over this. <laughs> There's no listen. You gotta listen to it to hate it. So <laughs> that keeps pumping them numbers up. That's all I'm saying. Our 14 <laughs> listeners are members of the Trilateral Commission. <laughs> <laughs> They're like in a bunker. That's why transcribe. You, you joke. They mentioned but- us. But we haven't had a voicemail in a long time, so I'm not sure that we're <laughs> we're not subject to some kind of litigation hold somewhere. <laughs> On that note, if somebody does want to reach out to us and <laughs> for a cease and desist order, how would they, <laughs> how would they get that to us? Uh, who are you asking that information from? Josh? You, Adam, <laughs> oh, the, the designated answerer of that question. <laughs> We all got roles on this podcast. That one's yours. Uh, is that mine? As, as a dentist, you have many. Uh, oh, I'm not supposed to. Say. <laughs> as a dentist through- in Massachusetts, <laughs> <laughs> the best way to reach us is through our uh, social media on Facebook or Twitter by searching for the Brick Pit Podcast. X. It's I refuse. X, man. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> I will not succumb to the nonsense that it's whatever the rebranding. We have pulled our advertising off of X. Uh, you can also email us. Yeah. Yeah. We, do, we do not advertise on X. That is correct. Yeah, yeah that is that is a true statement. We're sticking it to the man. We're, we're doing something trendy, not something because we have no money. That's what that means. <laughs> yeah. We're socially conscious here at Freak Pit. We also are suspending all travel for the podcast next yeah. year to reduce our carbon footprint. Yeah, no, no more in person podcasting. We're all working from home <laughs> to be more conscientious. Ah. So, uh, where was I? Yeah, you can email us, see, brickpit at gmail.com is the way to do you that. You don't even remember our own email address anymore. Uh, That's terrible this is. It, we, we haven't received an email in a while, so that would be a good place to uh, just see if I don't know. Have you been checking the emails, Josh? Yeah, I opened the email the other day and a moth flew out like a 1930s <laughs> commercial cartoon of somebody. There's just a message that says there's nothing to show here. <laughs> Is this count still active? <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, Weston uh, probably Jeeves best. was there from Ask Jeeves. <laughs> it's become the hiding place for all the internet people that are subject to destroy, destruction. It's our podcast, Ask Jeeves. They'll never find me here. <laughs> uh, the way to reach us if you want to leave a voicemail, which would be 
a fantastic uh, idea is podcasters.spotify.com forward slash pod forward slash show forward slash brick pit, which is the worst. We got to get like a tiny URL to fix that because that is just bananas. Anyway, you know, it's we're getting close to the, end of the year. We're kind of getting a little punchy here, but for everyone who's stuck with us, what we're going on our third year now, we really appreciate it. Anchor.fm forward slash, slash brick pit. Brick pit still, still redirects you. For the time being. So if you're listening to this in the year 2040, though, we can't guarantee those links still work. <laughs> in the year 2929, if man is still alive. <laughs> Start his podcast, will survive. That's the last thing on earth is our podcast. Um, <laughs> this caused the destruction of the human race. If you're listening to this, we're sorry for destroying the human race with our podcast. <laughs> Not no one was able to conceive after listening to this <laughs> podcast. We sterilized a whole generation. <laughs> Sorry, honey, I'm not in the mood anymore. I just listened to the big bit. This is what happened in uh, Children of Men. Like our <laughs> podcast started, and then there were no babies born after that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So, mm-hmm. anyway, until next time, this is the Brick Pit. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>